0: You're listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TNA Podcast. Hope you're all safe and doing well because we are almost cruising through these tough times like real fighters. I know a lot of people in the health department or the health industries in every single country is doing a lot of work for the people. And we probably have to give them a big round of applause and salute them for their incredible work as well. So I just wanted to give this dedication to all the health workers because we've not given this uh, before in the podcast. So hope you're all safe and enjoying our content today in this episode we will be discussing on the return of the premier league the top four race the relegation battle and a few other things as well and myself rithvik the host and i'm joined by the co-host of the show chris welcome chris once again so I hope you're doing great as well there on Side.
1: yeah very well very well thank you very much
0: Yep. And, and definitely uh, we start the Premier League with a game between the teams we support I support Liverpool you support Everton yep <laughs> we have the Merseyside Derby to kick off each of yeah. our clubs game and yeah looking, I'm very much looking forward to that game but overall as well there are a lot of crunch games coming up it's going to be a tightly packed schedule uh, we are going to run this race probably to finish the league yes we will talk more as we come on starting with the title race—you definitely
1: think it's over, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely not a matter of if; it's when. Definitely, yeah. That, I mean, it would be the—it it would be Castro, it, It'd be unbelievable if Liverpool didn't win the season, win a league title from this point. It just just—it just—it will happen. It's just a matter of when. As far as I'm concerned.
0: Yep, and I mean, like you said, if 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 it doesn't happen now, uh, I'd probably won't be available hosting these shows because I'd be lying down somewhere really, really sad because it's going to yeah. be incredible. Yeah, it's going to be incredible if that happens. But obviously, I mean, honestly speaking or realistically speaking, I guess it's already tied up, wrapped up. It's just a matter of when right now. And
1: yes, yeah. other than... Yeah, well, I other, mean, other, Liverpool, yeah, yeah. Liverpool's... Well, the 20 currently 25 points clear now at the moment. Manchester, I mean... Manchester City play on Wednesday. Don't mean that's their game in hand. There's, yep. So I mean it's a 22 point lead effectively, and that's no disrespect to Aston. Uh, to uh, no, it's not Aston Villa that they're playing. No disrespect to Arsenal, sorry, uh, but I do believe Man City are favourites for that game and are likely to win that. But yeah, even at 22 points, I, I think it's just. A, I think if Liverpool beat Palace. I think I think Crystal Palace is the game. If they win their games up until Crystal Palace, they've won it. I believe mathematically from that point. Yep. Yep. Six yeah. points more. yeah. Yeah, they just need six points more. So if they if they win in the derby on Sunday, which they are favourites for, uh, and then the uh, then they beat Crystal Palace, then it's all it's all wrapped up. So yeah, definitely a matter of of when and not if.
0: Yep. And and second place is also. Pretty much, or realistically speaking, second place is also probably you know tied up by Manchester City, and because because of the quality that they have, and I, I don't see them probably slipping down. So I hope Manchester City might. I mean, we. I'm probably sure that Manchester City will finish second. But yeah, the real, yeah, yeah, The real race starts from the third place, Leicester City, who were at one point looking favourites for third spot, but. Their form has kind of dipped since January, Brendan Rodgers has kind of struggled a bit probably, uh, I mean in, 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 the, in the past, I mean before football went for a pause, they were kind of getting mixed results. So I would say 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 and even 8th and 9th I would say probably has an outside chance of getting into a Champions League spot. I mean, the two Champions League spots. So we had a lot of people asking on social media as well when I announced that we are going to do this emergency pod. So they had a lot of things to ask, like about Sheffield United's outside chances and stuff like that. Especially Sheffield United's performance this season and how the media has kind of underlooked that. We'll, We'll come to that. But for top four, honestly speaking, in my opinion, I see seven teams. Leicester City... Chelsea, Manchester United, Spurs, Arsenal, Wolves and Sheffield United. And before we go on to uh, actually, before we go on to discussing about the top four, I just want to read the Premier League table for the listeners to be clear. Liverpool lead with 82 points. Manchester City who are in second with 57 points. Leicester in third with 53. Chelsea with 48 in fourth. Man United with 45 in fifth, Wolves in sixth with 43, Sheffield United 43 again, and they have a game in hand as well. And Tottenham 41 points in eighth, Arsenal 40 points in ninth, Burnley 10th with 39, Crystal Palace 11th with 39, Everton 12th with 37, Newcastle 13th with 35, Southampton who had kind of a and the good spell, good uh, shot spell there in between, they are with 34 points. Then you have the, the relegation candidates 16th place Brighton with 29 points, West Ham. I mean, 15th place Brighton in 29 with 29 points. 16th place West Ham with 27. Watford are also tied at 27th, who are in 17th and lurking in that safe spot. Bournemouth, Aston Villa and Norwich are the teams in the bottom half with Bournemouth, Bournemouth have 27 points Aston Villa with a game in hand have 25 and now with City probably I guess might be the team to definitely get relegated I would say at this stage with 21 points it's going to be a hard 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 race for them who are sitting at bottom of the table so this is, the, this is how the league table look like we'll get into relegation but for top 4 we have Leicester Chelsea Manchester United Sheffield United, Wolves, Tottenham and Arsenal probably with a small outside chance of making it as well. And Chris, if you look at the form, I, I, like I just went through a form before this podcast, like because football has kind of paused for two, two to three months right now. And I guess I, I've kind of forgotten how how things were before the break. I mean, it's yeah. like losing yeah. losing losing touch with football, but I was kind of reading the fixture list and looking at the previous results, and I like I kind of got this idea as well because when you read something, you obviously do get that uh, memory back. And if you see Leicester, they had kind of a mixed spell in the last 10 games. They had four losses, four wins, and two draws. This is in all competitions in the last... Uh, three games they had a loss against Norwich they won in the FA Cup the FA Cup game against Birmingham City their last game was against Aston Villa which they won again Chelsea yeah. who are in fourth also kind of were having a mixed thing but towards end they came back in form Especially, they had three losses in the last 10 games, but in their last two, I mean, since the defeat against Bayern Munich, the 3-0 defeat against Bayern Munich in the Champions League round of 16, they drew versus Bournemouth, which was kind of a close game again. In the FA Cup, they beat Liverpool, which was quite huge for them, and they thrashed Everton as well. Uh, four nil, <laughs> yeah, four nil. So they they were actually coming into form when the break was announced. Manchester United as well. They completely look like a different team under Oleola Gunnar Solskjaer after the defeat versus Burnley in back in January in the, I mean they've been unbeaten in their last 10 games in all competitions they yeah, recorded I this, like
1: yeah, I think the sign of Bruno Fernandes yeah. uh, certainly galvanised their season yes absolutely yeah.
0: with with Bruno I mean, I mean I see some people taking him into the team of the season which I think is pretty naive but yes he yeah, has made a huge yeah. impact so they have had, I guess, seven victories in the last 10 games in all competitions. Three draws as well, which is unbelievable, probably. Solskjaer kind of looks like he's turning around. But you have Sheffield United as well, who's played this 28 games. They have a game in hand. They are on 43 points. So if they win their next game, they might probably jump over Wolves. Yeah, they will jump over Wolves into, into, that, sixth, uh, I mean, into that fifth spot above Manchester United. I mean, if you yeah. look at the games in hand, so. Sheffield also come in good form. They, they've they kind of drawn just two games in the last 10, I mean, in just two out of their last 10 games, and they won eight. They've not lost a single one in all competitions. Pools, they had a win-loss, draw-draw kind of situation, but they've been drawing the last two games. I mean, the last game was the Europa League match against Olympiacos and speaking about Spurs and Arsenal who are just one point apart Arsenal having that extra game in hand which they play against City I mean uh, soon so Spurs and Arsenal probably looks like probably an outsiders, outsiders for the Champions League spot I don't realistically think they can make I mean make it probably but what do you think about these Champions League sports and like Honestly speaking, I think we have two spots open: Leicester's and Chelsea's, three and fourth. What do you think about this?
1: Um, well, I mean, one of the first games uh, on Wednesday, is Sheffield United versus Aston Villa, isn't it? So that's got that's a that, that's a massive game for both teams, uh, and a massive uh, massive game for both ends of the table. What we're about to discuss the relegation battle and the Champions League, because like you said, the Sheffield United win that game. They go into fifth place uh, if Aston Villa win that game. They come out of the relegation zone. So, I mean, that for me, that that game it's on Wednesday night is a lot bigger than the uh, Manchester City Arsenal game. Uh, just going through, just going through uh, the points that you made. Uh, yeah, Leicester City's form dropped off the second half of the season, especially if you compare it to what they were in the first half of the season. They did get that crucial victory before. Uh, before the pandemic stopped, stopped football, of course, against Aston Villa. But yeah, I think I think they'll still fancy the chances now of going on and finishing third, Leicester. And if they were to fall out of the top four, I think that'd have to be uh, that'd have to be considered a bad season for them. Now I know people will say, well, no, it's actually a good se- good season that they're actually in within within a shot of the top four anyway but they've stayed pretty much in a top three since I think it must be the majority of the season anyway. So for them to drop out the top four, I'd actually be really disappointed if I was Brendan Rodgers and I didn't finish in a Champions League place. And I think one of the most, going back, moving on to the rest of the teams that you mentioned, like you said, right the way down to Arsenal, I think what makes this Champions League uh, race this year so interesting is that all the teams have been inconsistent. There's been times like where the teams have been brilliant, and then there's been times when the teams have been really poor, and that's why it's so so open. Like exactly. Manchester United, yeah, Manchester United went into the break or the pandemic in top form. Uh, like I said, well, like we've mentioned there, Bruno Fernandez really uh, really settled in quickly, galvanised their season. Uh, and they, and that they, they they beat Manchester City just before the break, uh, before the pandemic started. So they they'll be disappointed that they weren't able to carry that form. But they'll bearing in a Though they'll have also Marcus Rash, uh, Marcus Rashford available now for the for the rest of the season, or well, certainly some of it, which wasn't looking likely before uh, before the COVID nineteen hit us. Paul Pogba as well. Yes, Paul Parker will be coming back, and it'll be it'll be really interesting to see where he fits into that starting eleven now. Because there's no doubt, no doubt on the lad's quality. Even though I still believe he's still got a lot to prove. uh, To certainly got a lot more to prove to actually on the football pitch to actually match the status that he, he he has. At, at the moment, and if he wants that move as well, which again rumor has it is that he, are, he is looking smooth, he is going to have to perform a lot better. So he will. I think. I think he'll be hungry to impress in the nine games that are left uh, for, for Manchester United. Wolves. W- Wolves is a very interesting one because I would have said, given given the Europa League, that they probably probably would probably. Wouldn't have finished in the top four or, or had any chance. They might have drifted away, but they're not going to have that concern now. Uh, until UEFA sort that out and what's going to happen there, so they could just have a clear run now. So they could actually, they 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 may benefit more than anyone given that given the break. They could come into this fresh, um, and then they uh, if they hit the ground running. They've got they, they've got to be considering themselves well within a shout of finishing in that fourth place. I don't consider Arsenal to be in the race. If I'm honest, I think they might they might move up a couple of places, might move or stay where they are. But I I don't actually consider them in the race for the top four. Don't believe they will get it. I think it, there's too many teams above them. You I think in order for Arsenal to finish there, all the teams above them would be required be required to. F- go on a bad run Chelsea be interesting like I said they beat Everton 4-0 just before the break uh, they look like they hit hit and go form might be on a high considering that it looks like the transfer window that they've had or sorry or that they're going to have uh, with the uh, the potential sign of Werner Zayak. maybe a few players will be uh, hungry to impress there but I think I don't know about you Rifle, we mentioned it again on the Bundesliga po- podcast yeah, this is like this could be like this game or each first game for each club I mean form's gone out the window now what happened before Absolutely. the break yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't really matter I mean the break has been that long that this is essentially like the first game of a temporary season now it's, um, it's, it's
0: more just into- like
1: yeah, it's more or less like a pre-season mean, mean, Last season pre-season and this season, season did that did not, Yeah, did at Borussia. And, and it'll, be, it'll be very, very interesting to see how the managers approach it in terms of conditioning, considering that in the country in England at the moment it is peak heat. Again, they're not used to playing games in England. I know England's not the hottest country, uh, but still, we, we, we still don't play football over here in June. It still doesn't happen. So, and given how regularly these games are going to come about... Once the uh, once the the FA Cup fixtures are out of the way, it will be interesting to see how each team adapts to it in yep. terms and of conditioning the players and see whether they can stay injury free, etc. And as well, and not forgetting the the fact that they are playing in empty stadiums.
0: Yep, and another team like we spoke about is Sheffield United, who had a really good run coming yeah. mean,
1: before before football pause. But
0: like you said, it's really going to be unpredictable. I don't think there's going to be any home advantage. We we are definitely witnessing that in the Bundesliga right now. There's definitely yeah. not going to be any home advantage. I, I think I read a statistic of the Bundesliga where it was said, uh, I mean, before pandemic and after pandemic, the percentage of home victories, I mean, it had a massive difference. I mean, after the restart, uh, I mean, the, the percentage was somewhere around 20 to 40%, if I'm not wrong, which is. Very, very low. So, I was also pretty surprised by that. And it's going to happen in every single league as well. It all depends on probably... Who the better team is now I mean you you can't Obviously expect the fans I mean you I guess Jordan Henderson Was it Or Jürgen Klopp Was it I don't exactly remember, But I see Henderson Or Klopp Saying that We won't have the fans For the Merseyside derby Which is going to be Kind of like A disadvantage for the team But nevertheless They will have to perform So it's kind of It's kind of like You have your 12th man out Completely out So Yes that's that's a huge thing
1: yeah, I mean, speaking about the main side derby specifically, uh, considering that the match was going to be, well, the match is going to be a Goodison, but obviously without the fans, I, I would certainly say it was more of a disadvantage to Everton uh, rather than Liverpool. I mean, the, I mean Liverpool are favourites anyway, regardless of fans being there. Everton's record against Liverpool is poor. We all know that. But the Mays, the Goodison derby is a lot more competitive Uh what the Anfield is, uh, the Anfield mm-hmm. derby is. Sorry, so and again that won't, it won't, that it won't just be the Mayside they uh, won't just be the Mayside derby that affects Everton, and that we had five remaining home fixtures. And if you look at Everton, Everton's we 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 rely heavily on Goodison uh, for, for the majority of our points. I mean, if you look at Everton's home and away record. Uh, Certainly uh, before Carlo Ancelotti and certainly for the last number of seasons, we generally win, or generally pick up all the majority of our points at the end of the season come from our home games and not our away games. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how we go. I I feel that we'll certainly be at a disadvantage, as will be the likes of Sheffield United as well because I believe these stadiums like Sheffield United like Goodison like Bournemouth like Watford they part of the game or not part of it certainly not part of the tactical game from the manager but part of their strength is having close-knit stadiums how, how close the fans are to the stadium and the atmosphere that they bring uh, and that sort of that sort of as, as games as results have shown over the season uh, that sort of gives them advantage, like you said, like you've mentioned yourself there. It's like a 12th man, so to speak, against the opposition. So, there is teams like that that I feel will be disadvantaged. Uh, but, in my opinion, going forward, I think the teams, the quality will show now. I think the teams with the best players will win the football matches home or away. And that then sort of favours the likes of Tottenham, Manchester United. Chelsea going into uh, the Champions League running.
0: Yep, and uh, it's going to be really funny as well hearing the players swear a lot, which is definitely (laughs) going to be audible if there are no stadium noises, of course, but it's going to be quite odd and funny as well. But if you had to pick two teams who you think will finish in the top four, the third and fourth spot. The third and and, fourth spot. Yeah, and also the fifth uh, automatic Europa League spot as well. I mean, let's let's not consider the fact that City will have their ban. Let, let let's, yeah. let's probably take into account that City's ban will not be you know, finalised. Not counting it. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. they're actually in the process. Their appeal started, didn't it, on the 8th of June? Yeah. So yeah. They're yeah. actually in the process now, so we may find out before the end of the month which would be good for the teams because it's still all up in the air at the moment um, but yeah I, I still think that would be I think that will be put on to next season if, if, the, if the appeal is not successful I have a feeling I don't know too much about it so don't quote me on it but I have a feeling that that fifth place to the champion, uh, will be a Champions League spot next season not, oh, not right. for the remainder of this season but Let's so let's assume for the, for the for the sake of the podcast that third and fourth are going to grant the Champions League places. I'm going to say it's going to be Leicester City and Manchester United.
0: All right, bold move, bold move. And about the fifth automatic Europa League spot, what what do that, you think? Chelsea. All right, all right. Yeah, that seems like a fair pick, probably considering the quality. For me, it would be Leicester in third. I think Chelsea might, you know, I mean, like you said earlier, the players might try to impress more now that they have a lot of signs. I mean, they will link with uh, Benyarama as well, the Brentford player. So, I mean, they're looking very active in the transfer market now. So, I guess the players will want to step up a lot. So, I think yeah. Chelsea will finish in fourth. So, Leicester and Chelsea for the Champions League spots. I think fifth spot is going to be definitely Manchester United. Like, I definitely want to say Sheffield United, probably a little biased, but honestly speaking, yeah. I don't see United finishing below fifth, especially with Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba returning, and Marcus Rashford also returning. I don't see them finishing yeah. below fifth. So, yep, I think it's going to be Leicester. I mean, Liverpool, City, Leicester, Chelsea and Manchester United. Probably Sheffield and Wolves in uh, 6th and 7th, followed by Spurs and Arsenal in 8th and ninth. For for me, that would be probably the first nine spots.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, I'd be... uh, Let's not forget, I mean, Leicester are still five points clear of fourth place themselves. Um, I would love Sheffield United to do it. It would be a great story. It would be a fantastic story, given given where they were when Chris Wilder took over. The fact that he is a Sheffield United fan, it would be fantastic. I do believe the job he's done there uh, this year, uh, specifically because I've only watched on this year uh, as opposed to last year uh, and the season before. But uh, the the job he's done and, and the way they've played and the way they've approached games, they've been. Uh, they've been magnificent and he's certainly a credit to uh, he's he's a credit to British uh, coaching really Chris Wilder he's certainly shown that he can be uh, he can be open-minded tactically he can have a plan tactically and he can actually evolve which against uh, British coaches have not really been known to be known for over the last sort of five to ten years Yeah.
0: Yeah. so that's with the top four let's move on to the relegation battle now which is again very very interesting this season exactly like the top four because we have around six clubs probably in the mix like I would probably put Southampton uh, as probably a safe bet because they have 34 points they are in 14th and the, uh, Brighton who are in 15th have 29 and if you look at the points from 15 15th place the last six teams the bottom six brighton who are in 15th with 29 west ham 16th with 27 watford also with in 17th with 27 bournemouth also have 27 so you see 16 17 and 18 in 20 with 27 points aston villa who have a game in hand with 25 norwich probably pretty much the bottom team with 21 and if you look at the fixture list that these teams have as well if you look at brighton they kind of have Arsenal, Leicester, Manchester United, Liverpool, and Manchester City to face. Yeah. Which I would say like is probably five big games for them. It's going to be really hard. But yeah. looking on the good side, they have Norwich, Southampton, Newcastle, and Burnley. I, I think Norwich probably, like, like, I mean, we definitely can't predict what's going to happen now because of the whole break and stuff. But ideally speaking, Norwich. Southampton, Newcastle, and Burnley game looks like probably a seven-pointer for Brighton, and I mean I, I'm not really sure if that would probably be enough. West Ham yeah. also were on a poor run of form before we had we went for a pause. I mean if you look at their fixture list, they have Spurs, Chelsea, and United, just three top teams. I mean they, I know that they are going to face Wolves as well, so that's again probably going to be a tough game, but. They have Watford, Aston Villa, and Norwich, who are probably their, you know, rivals for the for this relegation in this relegation battle. I would say Norwich definitely might be out, like I said. But Aston Villa and Watford are two big games that they have. Watford again, like like I said, West Ham is a game. They have Norwich again. They have Southampton and Burnley, and also Newcastle coming in, which is kind of easy. But Leicester City, Chelsea. Manchester City and Arsenal, the other games, which I think they might not take any points considering I mean how they've played this season and stuff like that. But Bournemouth, yeah. Bournemouth are a very likable team, I would say. I don't know if it's my bias speaking, but for me, they're a very likable team. Eddie Howe, I mean, I kind of admire how Eddie Howe has done. But this season, I'd have to be honest here. but And I, I really think they've been... Very, very piss poor. And yeah. it's mainly down to injuries. I mean, they've been relying too much on Callum Wilson to score goals. Harry Wilson, they got in from Liverpool this season. But yeah, he's got some really good 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 numbers, I would say. But still not enough. Their back line, I, I don't think anyone other than Nathan Ake is good enough there in their back line. So that's been kind of a bad uh, side of in, I mean the bad part of their squad, I would say, has been the defense. They've had a lot of injuries, like I said, one of the most injury pledged teams in the in the league. And if you look at the fixture list, they have United, Manchester United, Tottenham, Leicester, and Manchester City to play play along with Wolves as well. So again, tough fixtures. And something that is worth noting is that they are not going to play any of their relegation rivals. So they have to get points, or else they might be the ones who might go down as well, which is going to be probably a little harsh, but but probably fair as well, I would say. And yeah. looking at looking at Aston Villa, I mean, they started the season maybe kind of uh, up and down, and there were certain moments where they probably, I mean, displayed. Uh, signs of improvement and stuff like that but it's it's not been a good time for Dean Smith's side in the last probably in the last 10 games or so it's been hard for them uh, they, I know that they bought in Pepe Reina former Liverpool goalkeeper as well but it hasn't kind of really worked as well they've been troubled by Wesley's injury as well I'm not sure if Wesley is going to return but I, I don't think he might but because he had a ligament damage so they are kind of short in attack as well, despite having like Jack Grealish, who's who's probably who's their best player, I would say. And if you look at the fixed list again, um, they don't. They apart from West Ham, they don't have any other team who's who's like a direct relegation rival. They have tough fixtures as well: Chelsea, Wolves, Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, and I would also put Everton as probably a tough fixture for them. And Norwich, I would say, is probably down and out. I mean, if you look at the fixtures they have, they play West Ham, Watford, Brighton, Burnley, Southampton, which are probably kind of quite easy. But the last day of the season, they go to Manchester City. The third last game is against Chelsea as well. And I, I don't think they are going to really fake out. I mean, I mean, it's been really entertaining to see how Norwich has played Timo Buki, Todd Cantwell... Emiliano Buendia. Uh, Tim Kuhl has also been kind of good. I mean, I, I really like Daniel Parker and the way he has kind of brought Norwich in, but unfortunately for them, their defense haven't probably been able to stand the pressure in the Premier League. So probably their defense let them down. So these are probably the six teams who's, who, who are fighting relegation, and three out of the six will go down. What do you think about this, Chris?
1: <laughs> um, well I would go before before the pandemic hit I was actually looking at when I was looking at the league table and the way teams were picking up points normally they say it used to be the 40 point mark didn't it that you people used to just hear teams who were just yeah. aiming for survival used to aim to hit but the last couple of seasons I believe the, the, that point tally has just dropped a little bit and it was normally around the 37, 38 mark. If you hit that, you were considered as definitely safe. But going back to what I was saying before the pandemic hit, I actually thought this year you were going to need a little bit more than 40 points to guarantee safety because of the way teams kept playing. I mean, going back to the point that we discussed before about the the fans not being in the stadiums, I think the likes of, that will affect the likes of Bournemouth and Watford uh, and maybe Aston Villa, because they're known notoriously for having good home crowds and making their home uh, their their home ground a, a difficult place to play football. Because again, because the fans are right on top of you. Uh, with that not happening now, uh, and the fans not being there, I think I don't think Norwich is out of this now. I think six points given. Given what we're going into and what we're what we were coming from, I think six points is um, easily achievable. Given the fixtures that other teams above them have got, so I, I'm actually I disagree with you slightly there. I, th- I think knowledge is still within still it, as long as they if they can if they can hit pick up a couple of wins in the first say. Four matches, first four matches on upon this return. If they can hit, pick up two two win two victories within those four, and I don't know the fixtures. Lot of haven't looked at Norwich's uh, or when they're playing each team. But if they can get two victory, two victories within say four, maybe five games, I think that they'll definitely be in within a shot of, of staying up. I think West Ham they'll actually benefit themselves by not playing in front of their home supporters given the type of animosity that they've received regarding the stadium, that uh, regarding the Olympic Stadium, and regarding the way fans are so far away from the pitch and the animosity that the fans were having towards the board just before uh, just before the break, I actually think West Ham will benefit from that playing in front of fans. They really do. Uh, Brighton, like you said... Their fixtures are, are horrendous, uh, considering that the form that they're in. Given uh, given the fact that they're not that far ahead in terms of points, they're just two points above the actual relegation zone. And given the fact that you would assume that quality will show now that they're not playing in front of fans, I, I think they they'll get hit the hardest. But you could go as far and up. I mean, you could go as far and up as Everton in this. We're on thirty-seven. We're on thirty-seven points. Uh, that makes us ten points above the relegation zone. And given the fact that we're going into this, like we mentioned before, none of us and even pundits alike, uh, not none of us know how each team is going to deal with this or how, how we're coming back from that. And if you look at our injuries. Uh, over the last two weeks, and given the players that we we have, a missile. I mean, we're struggling to put out a midfield for the derby. So, given, given that, I mean, you you could argue it's unlikely that we'll get dragged into it because for for, for Everton to get dragged into it, or for even. Newcastle to get d- dragged into it you would think that all the teams up below us have to always win and given the fact right. that a lot of their fixtures are all playing each other obviously there is going to be a number of teams at drop points so it is unlikely that we will get dragged into it but given given the fact the, the unpredictability of what's going to happen I, I I don't think you can rule anyone out yet um, looking at the points that you were raised I before 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 the break, I, I was I, in my in my mind. I thought Norwich were gone. I thought Bournemouth were going to go, and then I actually there's always that one scene that gets dragged in, and I thought it was going to be Brighton. I thought West Ham would have stayed up. I think Watford would have stayed up, just solely because, as you know, as a Liverpool fan, you could see what they were doing at home. Yeah, and you could see the form that, uh, on the day at Vicarage Road, uh, and, and and the and the effect that Nigel Pearson was doing. Uh, yeah. they, they looked likely that they could pick up points, they could pick up victories, not draws, and they looked like uh, they looked like they could score goals. And I always believe in the relegation battles, the team that can score goals that will that is always going to get out of it. But now. Whew, uh, it was just before before we before we started the podcast, and I knew what we were going to be talking about. And I knew this question was coming regarding who you think is who I think is going to go down. I really don't know. Really don't know. Uh, so it's really I hard. Think, it's really hard, yeah, yeah, it is. I think West Ham will get out of it because, like I said, I think I think they will benefit from not playing in front of fans. <laughs> uh, and that's no disrespect to West Ham fans. I believe because I believe West Ham fans are good, but they are just that stadium itself <laughs> playing at home yeah. it, it, it's not that, it's not going to be any effect whether they're at home or away uh, well, it wouldn't surprise me if a few of the Westland players actually prefer playing away from home than what they do at the Olympic Stadium uh, so that gives them an, an even chance now for, for me in each individual game uh, Bournemouth again I think will be affected not having any home fixtures, I know that they do play at home but not having any crowds at home at um, Watford seems to have a little bit more About them than Bournemouth though So <clears throat> I'm going to go Bournemouth, Norwich Even though I did Shout about their chances uh, Just before I do believe they will that, 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 I do believe they've got a chance of staying up Or certainly not getting cut adrift Which I think you were going to Before the, before the break happened Um uh, Bournemouth, Norwich, and Brighton.
0: Oh, right. Now, that that seems probably a bit yep fair, like you said. And Norwich probably, like you said, might have to do a two thousand fourteen Leicester City the way Nigel Pearson took them out. Yeah. In twenty fourteen, they'll have to go on a huge positive run if they had to you know, escape because you you talked about the five games. The first five games they play Southampton first. Followed by Everton, then they have two tough games against Manchester United and Arsenal. Followed by yeah. the game is against Brighton. So I don't really see them picking up much points
1: from well, this I mean, five. Again, though, yeah, I mean, I think they were down and out before before the break. They were gone. I think they would have got cut adrift. Like for example, I think it would have actually been relegated with games to games to spare. But now, yeah. I mean, you look at those first two games that they've got. It's if they were to get six points in those two games, it's game on. It's game on yeah. for Norwich City. It yeah. definitely is. And now, um, like I said, they could easily beat Southampton on Friday. If they do that, they go into the and Ever, let's say for example they beat Southampton, Everton get beaten at Derby. Uh, they got and then they go into that fixture then. They they go into that fixture flying high, full of confidence. Everton could be a few injuries, bit them our lives because they got beat. They could beat Everton. It's not. It's not. It's definitely not out of the question uh, that they that they beat us. Anyone from 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 Norwich to say Tottenham, Wolves, anyone in that sort of league position have just been beating each other this year. So it's definitely not the question. If they could get six points from those first two games, um, and then even if they were to get beat by Arsenal, and they were to get beat by Manchester United, they pick up a point against Brighton or beat Brighton. I mean, nine points from five games that would be that would, that, that would catapult them up up that table. Yeah. yep, yep. Especially so, because
0: yeah, like you said, because uh, after the, the, the four for the first four games they play Brighton. Watford and West Ham three in a row who are probably the direct relegation rivals so if they get something out of the first four games maybe say six or seven points and and yeah like you said it's definitely game on then
1: yeah definitely yeah like I said I mean Aston Villa Aston Villa. There, we said they. Uh, we mentioned before, didn't we, about their game with Sheffield United on Wednesday? That's a that's a big game. Especially considering the first game, it's their game in hand. I'm sure if you asked uh, their manager Dean Smith about that game, they would have surely preferred to play their game in hand, maybe next week or two weeks time, not 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 straight away. And he would have liked to have gone into the first set of fixtures as everyone else has. But I mean, if they get a victory there. If they if they beat Sheffield United on Wednesday, I mean they're out they're out of it then. And I yeah. mean not out not out of the battle, but out of the the relegation zone. They'll yeah. go with they, they'll start with confidence, and again it's pretty much like like coming into the, the start of the season from a pre-season. You always look to win that first game. Form goes out the window. You never know what's going to happen, and then there's always someone at the start of every season that sort of surprises someone and goes on a run. And is sort of, sort of like I don't know, top of the league after four games. If one of the relegations candidates kind of go, go and gets four victories, they're out of it. They're out of the battle straight away. And it, yeah. they're in mid-table. You, looking at the points, it's three or four, three or four defeats, or four, four games without a win. Now, right up to Crystal Palace, could be catastrophic.
0: Yep, yep, true. And, like, I mean, since you've already given you I mean, picks for relegation Norwich, Bournemouth, and Brighton, I mean, if you had to, if I had to pick three teams, like you said, it's really hard, but I probably had this thought out before we started this, started recording <laughs> the podcast, because I, I know this is probably one of the hardest questions, probably that. So this is very hard to answer right right now because I mean, because of the things that we discussed earlier, and I also kind of had to you know think a lot. But I think Norwich are definitely going to go down, and I think Bournemouth probably will be also following Norwich. And that third place is I mean the third uh, team to go down. it's it's, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really tough. But somewhere I do feel that. Watford might just go down. I, I, I like, I like, mm. like, like we said, the fan. The fan. And there's
1: nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing personal about that. That's not just be, you being a bit bitter because of the fact that at the end is your job run, nothing at all, nothing to do with that. now. <laughs>
0: nothing to do. With that nothing. I mean, I, I, I'm a little, little. It's not wishful
1: thinking at all.
0: <laughs> I'm still sad at Watford I mean, just mad at Watford I would say for the ending that Invincible run probably it, it, it would have been a great, great season if we'd have finished Invincibles but yeah, probably probably step by step like Klopp says but but no, honestly speaking jokes apart I do think Watford are going to be hard hit by the lack of fans and I think Brighton might somehow Pull it through. I, I don't know. It kind of it's kind of a gut instinct kind of feel, you know. So I think it's going to be Norwich, Bournemouth and Watford who are going to go down. Probably six six or seven weeks from today, we we'll probably be discussing this again, and
1: <laughs> yeah. we'll
0: definitely have this recorded as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's probably it with the podcast Premier League. I mean, we've kind of probably given the listeners probably everything that we could have covered or we can cover at this point of time I know there are a lot of transfer rumours floating around I kind of heard Philippe Coutinho back to Liverpool rumour and it's kind of been a mess in, in, in Liverpool Twitter especially and like <laughs> I, I, I would honestly welcome him back but Fabrizio Romano kind of Said that it's kind of impossible. Same thing was said by Simon Hughes as well. So I don't think that's happening anyway. So people can forget Philip Coutinho's return back to Liverpool, Chelsea. don't... Some...
1: Yeah, I, that, I mean that—that's a rumor that we we can like, sort of. It's one—it's one of those root rumors that I class as easy journalism. It's just like, right, we need a transfer rumor today. All right, let's link Coutinho back to Liverpool. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just don't. I mean, as a as an individual, I mean his talent is talent's unquestionable as an individual. But I always found him um, when he was playing for Liverpool more of a match winner as he, he was never sort of consistently. Yes. I actually think yeah, he was never consistent. He was definitely a match winner. And again, like I said, his talent was there. But I, I, I actually think Liverpool progressed when he left. Uh, as a team. Uh, and I know I know. Uh, I mean, if you if you look at the position that he was playing, and I know towards towards the end uh, of his uh, of his, uh, of his uh, Liverpool career, he, he was playing deeper, and he were not playing wide left, the position yeah. that Mane plays in now. But I I don't, I don't see him getting in Liverpool's team. So to to pay, to pay the money that you'd have to pay, certainly for just just on a, even if it was on a loan deal, he, to pay his wages, I I just don't. I I don't see I don't see that being a feasible um, a a feasible transfer at all Um, I really don't again I think it's just I think it's just someone making that up sure I don't I don't believe Jorgen Klopp would want to bring Coutinho back unless he sees unless he again like unless he sees him maybe as that creative player in the middle middle of the field that the I believe that Liverpool might be lacking, but I don't feel I don't think Philip Coutinho provides that to Liverpool. I really yeah. don't. Again, yeah. I... Oh,
0: honestly, I feel Naby Keita probably can, or Alex oxley Chamberlain can probably fill that void. Now, in the creative spark that you're speaking, I mean, Keita has kind of shown it when he has played, but unfortunately, he's been ragged by injuries throughout throughout his Liverpool spell so far. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like you said,
0: it's, like you said, it's easy to listen, probably clickbaity stuff. Easy clicks, you get fans discussing. Yeah. I've been, I've been discussing it a lot because I used to love Coutinho. Probably, like you said, he was a, he was pretty much inconsistent, but definitely he had that creative spark. And the season he left, the half season that he had with our frontlies, front friend three, I mean Mohamed Salah, yeah. um, Roberto Firmino, and Sadio Mane, it was exceptional. We scored seven against Maribor and seven against, I guess. I started at Moscow also. So, I mean, it was kind of a goal scoring gala yeah. at, at at Liverpool that season. But, yep, like you said, it's easy journalism. So, yeah, that's probably yeah. It with the trans uh, news as well. I don't think there's much probably. And it, it's uh, the other things are basically the normal ones like Manchester United getting linked with Jude Bellingham, Jaden Sancho, and pretty much almost every player on earth. And you, you always you always have a Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United link, sometime yeah. in the summer as well. So that that, that also yeah. is kind of floating around in some pages which are pretty much unreliable. No. And like I said today, Mohamed boufassi the, the French journalist. I, I don't know if I pronounce his name correct, but boufassi or I'd like hopefully it's boufassi So he was uh, hinting that the Brentford player side Benirama he's linked with Chelsea and that probably looks like a deal and if Chelsea pulls that off it's going to be a really really amazing Benirama Pulisic Dan yeah. Hudson Odoy Hakim Ziyech Timo Werner Kami uh, Abraham I think definitely Michi Batshu I might leave Willian and Pedro leaving as well on free transfer so yeah, that, yeah. that's going to be a good group so, yep. so that's yeah. it probably with uh, this episode thank you so much Chris probably enjoy talking yeah. to you and probably looking forward to you know, having a chat after the Merseyside derby
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah Yeah. yeah. I normally yeah. unfortunately uh, the, Goodson, the Goodson derby I'm normally there I'm normally an attendee but yeah. unfortunately I can't be there due to obvious reasons this year but other than that normally when Everton play Liverpool I sit in my bedroom with my pillow over my head Uh, just uh, praying that it doesn't get too embarrassing but no it will be interesting (laughs) it will be uh, it will be interesting to to see what happens given the fact that there's no crowd there and given the fact that it's the first game back I don't expect Liverpool to be as yeah yeah, as sharp as certainly what they have been before the break Uh, so it Everyone have got a few injuries, which are massively disappointed the boat. So, yeah, it will be interesting. I just want us to get to the forty point mark, if I'm honest. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So yes, yeah. that that brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much to all our listeners as well, like always, because this show becomes this show be- only because you guys listen to this. You, the listener, are as important as me and Chris here, the host for this show as well. So, thank you so much again for tuning in to this episode. We have more amazing content coming out for you. Already we are putting out a lot of videos on YouTube on our YouTube channel, the Nutmeg TV or the Nutmeg Assist. You can search on YouTube. We have a lot of podcasts coming up as well with some really good guests. And stay tuned. And thank you so much once again. Bye-bye.